the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we are live. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we are inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Uh, Well, tonight on Contending for the Faith, we continue our series entitled, The Different Storms God Allows in Our Lives. When we look around our world today, and even within our churches, there are many different storms that God allows in our lives. God uses these storms to mature us, to break us, to remake us, and to conform us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. The big question is, are we truly listening to the lessons of these various storms in our lives? Storms that God is using to get our attention and get us to a place where he wants us to be. Not because he's not because he hates us, not because he's mad at us, but rather the contrary, because he loves us. So tonight we seven in our series entitled The Different Storms God Allows in Our Lives. So stay tuned for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you again for that uh, challenging and uplifting uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And we trust that you are going to be blessed immensely tonight, and we want to encourage you to get your pens and paper and get your Bibles especially and get to a table so you can take some good notes. Uh, We have been doing this series for a number, a number of weeks, and uh, it's been a blessing to so many people. We know that because so many of you have been responding to us and letting us know how much you've been blessed, and you've also been praying for us and supporting us, and we deeply appreciate everything that you're doing to help Keep us on the air so we can get the word out to you and to others, and especially those who don't know the Lord. And I just want to remind everybody that uh, we have titled this series, The Different Storms That God Allows in Our Life. The Different Storms That God Allows in Our Life. And we've been listening to various people uh, preaching on the same thing because I had prayed and before I started this series, and I said, Lord, show me uh, what you want me to share with the people. Just guide me through your spirit. Uh, 
give them a word that will bless them and encourage them through the storm. And I realize myself and others and in the church and, and many others, even outside the church, all of us are going through storms. And I just know this for sure, that God is a God of shakeup and breakup and makeup. How about that? God is a God of shakeup, breakup, and makeup. And he's involved with that in your life and my life every day. Uh, he shakes up, listen to this carefully, he shakes up your comfort zone. Uh, he shakes up your complacency. And he wants to get you to a place of completion. That means to be whole in Christ. And a lot of us talk about being strong. Uh, like the disciples always uh, talked like they were strong men and following Christ. But when Christ put them on the boat in the middle of the sea, and that boat got filled up with water, and the waves came, and the storm hit, and uh, all of that stuff going on, uh, they feared, and they allowed uh, the war between the fear and feelings get in the way of faith. And so many times we do that too. We just, the Lord puts us in those places uh, to test our faith, to see how loyal and faithful we're going to be. And he wants to prepare us for our eternity. And you got to pass the test, my friend. Everybody goes through tests, even in school. And you don't just say, here's, uh, I just got this degree by just showing up. No, the professor and your teacher puts you through a test. And if you pass the test, you pass the examination, then you graduate. And God is the same way. I mean, everybody gets their test and everything from God. And God started it way back in the Garden of Eden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was a test for them to see if they're going to love him more than love uh, evil. Uh, God, to love God over evil. And God does that with you and me, my friend. I don't care who you are, what you are. I don't care if you're in the pulpit, the pew. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what color you are, what, uh, what your weight is. And, uh, God's going to put you through the test and you got to get ready for it now, uh, because he is a God of shakeup, you know, the breakup and to make up, to make you up, to mold you into his image and likeness. And so, let me just give a review on what we've touched on so far and then tell you about this one that I will be covering tonight because we'll get into the fifth uh, lesson that we God gives us. We talked about those four, number one, storms that we create. We talked about also, number two, corrective storms. And then uh, number uh, three, we talked about perfecting storms in terms of God wants to get us to the place of maturity. And then last time we talked about uh, stay still storms, that God puts us in those storms to tell us to stay still so we can see the glory of God. And uh, tonight I want to talk about the fifth uh, lesson that we can learn, and that is uh, the lesson storms, that God uh, puts us in storms to teach us lessons. Did you ever think about that? To teach you lessons. Just like when you uh, you are a child and you were disobedient to your parents or grandparents, they would take you through 
either a discipline lesson or other lessons taking away your uh, rewards and privileges. And uh, we all go through lessons in life so that we can grow and mature. So on this fifth point, we're going to be talking about lessons and the storm. And Jesus purposely put them on that storm, said, let us. He didn't say, let me. He said, let us. He didn't say, let you. He didn't tell. He said, let us, plural. He's talking about all of them getting into the boat together. Had in mind to teach them some serious lessons because he's the, the master teacher of lessons. You ever thought about that? <laughs> Think about that for a moment. Jesus is the master teacher of lessons. And every day of your life, he's going to teach you lessons. Every now and then, he got to kind of scare you, shake you up with some sickness or either uh, sickness that you go through, either somebody attacking you, either going through financial difficulties, uh, either going through some something uh, that you're going to go through because uh, you got to go through it to get to it. You like that? You got to go through it to get to it, my friend. And that's the way God operates. He's the, Jesus is the master of teaching lessons. And he's going to be teaching me, you, and everybody else. Just get ready. Jump on the boat with Jesus and just know that he's in the boat with you, the boat of life. And you don't have anything to worry about because he said he'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. That's a good word. So let me kind of bring out here, um, five different teaching lessons from the master teacher of lessons. And I want to say number one uh, in this five lessons that we can learn through the storm of life. Number one, Jesus is always with us, but he may appear to be asleep. Jesus is always with us, but he may appear to be asleep. That means that you may say, where are you, Jesus? Where are you? Are you asleep on me? And we need to know that he's not asleep. He's awake uh, in, in, in his deity. He may be asleep in his incarnation, in the, in the flesh, but he's uh, awake in his deity. Always he's awake. And remember that Jesus is always with us, but he may appear to be asleep. We must remember that Jesus never sleeps in his deity. He never sleeps in his deity. He may sleep in his humanity on earth when he was on earth, but he never sleeps in his deity. Even when he was on the boat, he was deity and humanity. So he was uh, awake in his deity. Now, you, we want to look at also take note of this, that he never sleeps. Psalms 121 verses 3 through 4. Psalms 121 three through four. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He he that taketh or keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. That's, that's who God is. He never slumbers or sleep. Remember that when you go through the greatest trials in life, just say that sometime. My God is with me because he never slumbers or sleeps. Now we slumber, and we sleep, but not God. God is always awake, right there, looking at your circumstances. And he'll get you through it if you trust him. Number two, uh, Jesus, this second lesson, Jesus may just be waiting for us to come to him. 
in the midst of the storm. Jesus is waiting for us to come to him. He puts us in those boat situations, in those life situations, to see if we're going to come to him by faith or we're going to come to our feelings and our emotions. And we need to come to him and ask him to protect us from the storm. He is there to take us through the storm and to also steal the storm because he is he is in control and we need to remember that. His disciples forgot that and many church folks forget that as well. Number three, uh, this is the third lesson. Jesus is the master winds. He's the master of winds and waves. See those two W? He's the master because I said Jesus is the master storm controller. Jesus is the master of the winds and the storm. The master of storms in your life. If you can just remember that, you'll get through every storm. Just say, Jesus is the master. He's in control of every storm in my life. And he can also remember this, and he can calm the storm, and he can calm our hearts in the storm and in the midst of the storm. That's why Jesus said in John 14 and 1, let not your heart be troubled. And then Paul says in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Our hearts need to be guarded and our minds in the storms of life and remember that Jesus is the master of lessons, teaching lessons. And he's the master of calming it. And he's the master of making our hearts be at calm and rest as well. Number four, the fourth lesson. Faith in him can and will dispel the fear of the storm. You know, see, faith in him. Because going back to number three, that he is the master of the winds and the waves. We know that because he's the creator. He's the creator of heaven and earth. Doesn't Genesis chapter one say that? And also John chapter one and Hebrews chapter one, Revelation chapter one, all of those chapter ones talk about Jesus being the creator. He's the sustainer. He not only created the world, but the writer of Hebrews says that he sustains it by his power. We always talk about God creating the world, but do we, we very seldom talk about how he sustains the heavens and the earth and the stars and the galaxies and all of that stuff. That's power. That's Jesus as the creator and maker and sustainer of heaven and earth and even your own life. So this lesson number four, faith in him can and will dispel the fear of the storm. And God said, Jesus said, fear nothing but God. You're not even supposed to fear the storms. He said, fear no man, fear God, you know? And that's what God is calling us to do. We need to be controlled by uh, faith and not fear because that's so important. And uh, let me say this for lesson number five, as we bring this home, that, uh, well, let me just say this, get back to number four. I'm going to say one more thing on that. Uh, Jesus said, O ye of little faith. That's going back to number four. O ye of little faith. 
If they would have had faith, it would have dispelled fear. See the two Fs? The war between faith and fear and feelings. Jesus, remember this with this number four. Jesus is the faithful one. He is always faithful to us, and he can put faith in our hearts and trust in him. And Jesus said in Luke 18 and 1, men are always to pray and not to what? Faint. So he's the faithful one. And you going through the storm, say, cry out to him and say, you are faithful, Jesus. You're faithful to your promises over my problems. We allow our problems to get in the way of God's promises. And we need to not allow that to happen. Number five, the fifth and last lesson, seeing he is the master, the master can cause us to put our fears in the right place. Seeing that he is the master of our fears, he can put it in the right place. He can see with fear, We the only way we are to use fear is with reverence, to fear God on a healthy level. Unhealthy fear will eat you up inside, eat you up inside and affect you externally and internally. You know, so First Peter 5 and 7 goes with number 5. It talks about casting your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a wonderful word. And let me say this in closing. Storms in our life may seem to rage, but God can still them and give us peace and great calm. Eventually, storms will pass entirely, and he will bring us into safety to the other side. Each storm will cause us to realize that it is he who is in control. Our faith and our trust must dispel all fears and must put our faith in him alone. Let's close in prayer. I want you to pray with me with this prayer. Dear Lord, forgive me for allowing my fears to get in the way of faith. Forgive me, Lord, for allowing my feelings to get in the way of faith. I repent of that, Lord, and I surrender to you as my creator, who is faithful to get me through every storm in my life and help me, Lord, to remember that there are lessons that you have there for me to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding these five lessons from the master who is in control of our life if we let him. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. Pick up that phone and give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Mary, pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, give us a call if you've got burning questions in your heart about tonight's message or something you've been studying God's word that has confused you. Whatever it is, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. 
All right, so we want to encourage you to continue to pray for contending for the faith. We know many of you have been doing that for many, many years, and we thank you uh, so much for being consistent in that area. We also want to thank those of you who have been consistent in partnering with us financially to keep this ministry on the air. It is a listener-supported ministry. It's very, very important to be consistent in prayer and to be consistent in giving. So we thank you for your generosity in both areas. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. So we know that if you, if your neighborhood looks anything like mine, all of a sudden I'm noticing all kinds of scary things appearing on people's lawns, a giant spider web with giant spiders. People even have these ten-foot skeletons on their on their in their yards. I mean, it is just going crazy, and so we know it's that time of year. And so, the question comes up: You know, what is our response as Christians to Halloween? What should it be? Well, next week we're going to bring you a special uh, re-airing of one of our classic. Contending for the Faith episodes on Halloween. So we won't be live in the studio, but we're going to be bringing you the best of Contending for the Faith special message on Halloween. And so we'll be back in studio November the 4th. So stay stay tuned. Tune in next week because it's a it's a it's one of our best classic best of Contending for the Faith uh, episodes and you won't want to miss it. All right, Dr. Buckner, you're about ready to uh, take some questions and callers. Uh, yes, Brother Gary, ready to do that. Okay, well, our first question that comes from Alfred, and he wants to take it off the air. He says, where did the Apostles' Creed come from? All right, that's a very good question. Very good question that uh, uh, Brother Alfred is asking. Where did the Apostles' Creed come from? Uh, well, that's, you know, we, we always talk about the Apostle Creed, uh, and it's similar to the baptismal creed used in the church in Rome in the 3rd and 4th century. Um, this this uh, originated uh, back in the, uh, throughout the uh, Middle Ages, and the early church uh, saw the uh, Apostles' Uh, teachings and saw that it was inspired by God uh, and because an apostle is one that was sent uh, by God, uh, one that had had to have seen him. And so as a result of that, uh, the early church decided to uh, uh, say that we need to put an apostle's creed together. Uh, journalists believe that the apostles on the day of Pentecost under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, taught these sound doctrines. And then what the church did, uh, 
after the apostles, they simply uh, put a creed together and simply said, this is the solidness of the Apostles' Creed and the, and the beliefs and the teachings of the Apostles, uh, where uh, we get sound doctrine in that. We get a lot of things related to uh, baptismal things uh, that uh, the early church did. Uh, but it started with the Apostles pretty much, and then the early church uh, after them uh, in history, uh, decided to put a creed together, like the Nicene Creed. We have that, the Nicene Creed, uh, that was uh, done as well. And so people put together the Nicene Creed uh, to speak out against uh, uh, the heresies of Arius uh, Alexander, who uh, denied the uh, Trinity and the deity of Christ. And they put together a Nicene Creed to give us the sound doctrine of uh, God's word and who Jesus is and the Holy Spirit and, and the Father. And so you had the uh, apostles uh, teaching sound doctrine and then what happened as a continuation of that, the uh, church after them uh, decided to say, let's put this in a doctrinal form and a creed, uh, which is getting into, uh, and just put it so the people would be solidly taught and not uh, astray by uh, anything that would be in opposition to the apostles and what they were all uh, about and what they taught. So hopefully that uh, gives you a little meat on the bone with that, and and hopefully it'll help you with that, Brother Alfred. Very good, very good question. All right, very good. Well, we got Brother Rick online too. He has a question for us. Brother Rick, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Brother Rick. How are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? Well, we're truly blessed and uh, highly favored in the Lord. And so uh, what's on your heart tonight? Well, we know that we know that. Uh, let me ask this. Does the Bible mention any evil group such as Hamas? Oh, well, that's a good question, uh, Hamas. And uh, it's interesting that you asked that question because... Uh, if one goes to Genesis chapter 6, you know, uh, before the, the flood and everything like that, you know, it, it says in uh, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 11, if people care to go there, in Genesis 6, chapter 6, verse 11, it says that the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. And so... Uh, the word violence there in Hebrew is the word Hamas. Uh, this is quite interesting. And, you know, there has always been people who have always tried to uh, obliterate and destroy uh, the Jews. And we go all the way back to the book of uh, Esther with Haman. You know, he was uh, the Hitler of the day, uh, and he wanted to... Uh, kill all the Jews and destroy them uh, and put a noose upon Mordecai. And it ended up being a thing that the noose ended up on him, which lets you know that, uh, you know, when the enemy comes up against God, uh, God, if you let him fight the battle, his enemy is your footstool. And that's what happened with, you know, Haman. And it's interesting that Haman 
was from Persia, which is modern day Iran. So it's quite interesting when you look at these things. But uh, if you do a study on the word violence, it's uh, in Hebrew is Hamas. And, 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 they, and the Hamas people are very violent people. So uh, that's quite interesting to, to, uh, to look at it from that perspective and see that violence was in the whole earth, which means that uh, because violence is everywhere now uh, and because uh, people are not uh, fearing at all uh, the present administration and all of that, uh, they're, they're getting emboldened by the present administration uh, since Afghanistan. Uh, and so violence is everywhere multiplying uh, to and fro. So uh, when this starts to happen, uh, just like God uh, came down during the time of Noah to straighten it out, it's getting close to him coming down again to straighten this mess out. So we just got to trust God that he's in control and uh, nothing takes him by surprise. But violence like it was then is everywhere, and it's uh, multiplying, just like in the days of Noah. So uh, did you have any other questions, Brother Rick? Uh, yes, uh, here's, a, here's a very interesting one. Is there any place in the Bible where, uh, where, where King David had something encouraging to say about the current events? Well, that's a very good question. I believe that he did. Uh, I believe that uh, David did, and... Uh, King David, and uh, if you if one looks uh, in Psalms uh, one twenty two and verse six, uh, where David prayed, and he prayed for the peace of Jerusalem in in Psalms one twenty two and verse six, and so uh, his encouraging words back then, King David, is that we need to pray for Israel, uh, and he always prayed that they would defeat the enemy. And we need to pray for that as well as they go into battle against Hamas. Uh, that uh, and then also pray for the hostages. Two of them have been released now, and I think that's uh, it's a blessing. But it's all political uh, with Hamas. You can't trust them. And uh, so I want to also point out another important point from King David. It, if one, if you look at Psalms 29 and verse 11. Uh, in Psalms 29 and verse 11, King David says, uh, may the Lord bring strength unto his people and bless peace. And that's a powerful statement. May the Lord bring strength unto his people and bless peace. Because in this day and age, we need strength and we need peace. And they need strength and they need peace. So we need to pray for uh, Israel and pray for all of us that God will give us strength and give us peace. And that's a tremendous prayer. I mean, you're talking about these two prayers of David. You you, you know, Psalms 122.6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And then we have Psalms 29 and 11, may the Lord bring strength unto his people and bless them with peace. A lot of times we talk about peace, but we uh, eliminate strength and we need both, and David is praying for strength and uh, peace, you know, because peace. then what follows is peace, you know, and so we need to pray for 
uh, Israel, that God will bless them in every area, and especially bless them to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Because for us today, uh, this is something that is a wake-up call, and uh, a large percentage of the Jews today are, uh, you know, atheistic uh, regarding Jesus Christ. It's about a small percentage that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, when we talk about pray for the peace of uh, Jerusalem, we need to extend that uh, in our day and simply say, we pray that they will also come to know the Prince of Peace, as it talks about in Isaiah 9 and 6, that's so important. Uh, so praise the Lord for, for that. So hopefully, Brother Rick, that, that helps out. Those are two uh, serious prayers of King David, and it's much needed today, and hopefully that was a, a blessing to you. And, and it always seems that the wise rulers are the ones that understand peace through strength. There's too much appeasement today, and that's what's yes. creating the war. Yeah, there, there, there is no peace, the Bible says, among the wicked, saith the Lord. And our biggest problem is we're trying to have all these peace agreements and trying to talk about peace here and peace there. And we can't even talk about the peace of Jerusalem uh, unless we uh, use it in a New Testament sense and say, we got to come to know the Prince of Peace. Because Jesus prayed, not that the world, he said, the world is not going to bring you peace, but I'm came to bring you peace within. If you don't have that peace within Christ, there's no way that you're going to be able to uh, uh, experience it. And like I said, we need to pray for the salvation of our uh, of Jews because uh, that uh, a large percentage of them are atheistic. And some of the worst atheists today are Jews. I've met some of them and they and uh, we need to pray for their salvation. You know, that's really important. Uh, so, Brother Gary, why don't we have a prayer around that right now before we let Brother Rick go? And you have any other prayer requests, Brother Rick? Uh, any prayer requests? Just, just pray that I keep my health. Pray that, pray that I also uh, get my, um, my my state insurance uh, renewed. Yes, Lord, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick and his questions tonight. Lord God, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the peace of Israel. We pray, Lord God that you deliver your chosen people by your mighty right hand, Lord God, and outstretched arm, Lord God, that the world was, world would know that it was you, Lord God, that routed their enemies. Just continue to uh, keep Brother Rick in good health. We pray for his insurance issues and that you bless him with continued joy in his life, continued peace and grace. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to thank all of you who have been consistent prayer warriors for contending for the faith. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your consistent prayers for this ministry. And it's just so vital that you continue to pray for us. It keeps us going 
And we know that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. And so we appreciate your prayers. And also we appreciate your generosity. And you all have been so faithful in giving and supporting us. And it's just a blessing each week. And so we thank you so much. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much simpler. Go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and boom, you're a blessing for time and eternity. All right, let's get back to the phone calls, Dr. Buckner. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, we have Diane on line three. Sister Diane, how are you doing? I am doing very well, Dr. Buckner. And how are you doing? Sounds like you're doing well. Well, we are truly blessed and highly favored. It's always good to hear your voice. And we've been praying for you in season and out. Well, that's absolutely wonderful because, you know, we got caught up in the war over in Israel, and we just barely got out right before, as a matter of fact, we left the day before they started evacuating people. Wow. Wow, that's that's God's grace and protection. Yes, it, it is. is. God's grace and protection. And yes. I called in today to tell you that that's a very good word that you have for us today. I genuinely appreciate it. Uh, your remarks earlier in the show, and uh, I appreciate the fact that you're so doctrinally sound. Many people don't understand that everything they hear is not true. <laughs> but over the years, Dr. Buckner, we've been able to count on you to deliver the word in a sound manner. And in a- I think we lost her for a second. Did we, did we lose Sister Diane? I don't know. Uh-huh. Did you lose me? Oh, yeah, for a moment we did. You're back, though. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad about that. And what I was saying is that I appreciate how doctrinally sound that you are and what it is that you bring to us every week. Many people don't know the difference between what is doctrinally sound and what's just a lot of rhetoric. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. we can always count on you, Dr. Buckner, for the truth. And I just, that was primarily my reason for calling in tonight. And then I just want to tell you, because, you know, I told you we were going to Israel. We expected to be there a year. And uh, unfortunately, we things didn't work out that way. We had to leave. Yeah, well, you did the wisest thing, especially what's going on right now. And yeah. uh, so, and you've been really blessed to be able to exit out because so many people are still not able to get out of those areas. And then you think about the hostages, too. So uh, that, uh, so we thank the Lord for that. And thank you so much for your encouraging words. It, it always uh, blesses me and encourages me to keep on doing what I'm doing because I know that it's ministering and touching people. And you have been one of my uh, former students, but you're still my student and always will be. And we just appreciate you and your husband. And what we want to do is just have a praise prayer right now and just uh, praise the Lord for your call and and thank the Lord for your call as well. So we're going to have Brother Gary to do that. And, uh, and and since you're back now, we will, uh, my wife and I, we're going to be out of town next week, going out down to Southern California. 
but we hope to with our schedule slowing down we had so many deaths in the family we hope to mm -hmm. get back and give you guys a call and so we can uh fellowship with you too so we we hope to put that as a top priority on the schedule thank you so much dr buckner and i look forward to it we had to uh, go over into Amman, Jordan, in order to return to the United States. Mm -hmm. They were bombing like everything. Oh, yes. Amen. Well, we're going to have some prayer uh, on that right now. Brother Gary. Okay. Lord God, we just thank you, Lord God, for Sister Diane's call and her kind words. And we just thank you and we rejoice, Lord God, that you preserved her, kept her and her family safe. Uh, as they traveled from Israel. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to uh, bless her from the crown of her head to the tip of her toes, that you strengthen her and encourage her and bless her to always be a blessing. We pray for strength. We pray for healing in her body. We pray, Lord God, that you would be with her in every endeavor that you have placed in front of her. We thank you and praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And be sure to tell your Ronald I said hello and God bless you and thank you again for your wonderful uh, encouraging words tonight and I know that a lot of people have gotten blessed and they feel the same way as you. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Dr. Buckner. You're a good preacher. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Peace the Lord. Okay. I'll talk Alrighty. to you soon. All right. Amen. God bless. Gary, what, a, what an encouraging word there. Let's go to Sophia. We haven't heard Sophia in a while. Let's see what's going on with Sophia. Yes. Sophia, how are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm very well, thank you. Um, first of all, a gigantic amen to everything Diane said. She couldn't have said it better for all of us, Dr. Buckner and Brother Gary. So uh, that was a splendid call, and it's a wonderful testimony that she was kept safe. And the reason I'm calling is because... I was remember, you know, when they have a shepherd, you have like 99 sheep, and they have to go, and the one goes off, and it's dangerous. He could fall off a cliff, the little guy. So the shepherd has to go out and find that little one, puts him on his shoulder, and breaks the leg. Now, that sounds pretty uh, severe, but they, the little legs heal quickly. But he has to teach the, the lamb to not go astray, because it, it could be the death of him. If he doesn't know where he's lost, it goes, say, off a cliff, he could die. So I thought that was a really good representation of what you were talking about. And in my personal life, I had a severe accident. And when I was lying there, I couldn't get up. And I thought, you know what, Lord, you really are doing such a wonderful thing for me, because I needed in my life to kind of get away from the news, you know. And he said, just surrender to me, Sophia. Just, you know, and I said, this was a way, not, not my favorite way of being stopped, but the Lord is so magnificent. He knows when we have to literally stop us in our tracks. And so I'm healing, praise the Lord, and I'll be fine. But it was a really good lesson, and so I thought of the little lamb, and I wanted to share it with, with you because he is such a wonderful, loving father, and sometimes it hurts, you know, uh, physically and emotionally. But he does the right thing in the end for us, and I'm so grateful to him, and I'm so grateful to be back on the air with both of you because I love you so much, and, and you give me all my strength that I need because I hear the word, and that's what keeps us all alive and, and thriving and, and, and surviving what's going on in the world right now. 
And, you know, the Lord taught me sometimes, Sophia, you have to turn off your mind, turn off the news because it's so horrifying, and just surrender to me. And that's what I learned from my accident to do. So I wanted to share that. Oh, yeah. Well, that, we really appreciate that. And, you know, one thing I want to say uh, about uh, a lamb as well, you know, uh, this, this is an illustration because when they wander off, they don't realize the danger of, uh, you know, wolves in a particular and the enemy out there are ready to get them. So you can take a wolf on the top of a mountain and uh, when he looks down and he sees a lamb by himself who cannot defend itself, it doesn't know how to swim, it doesn't know how to uh, fight, uh, it's just helpless. And that's why Jesus, and then uh, sheep were known to be one of the dumbest creatures out of all animals. That's why they need to be close to a shepherd. And so the wolf, he looks down on the hill, he sees a lamb by himself. And what he does, he licks his chops, well, lamb chops. <laughs> and then, but if he sees that lamb surrounded with other lambs, sheep, and a uh, uh, dog, sheep dog, and a shepherd, he looks and he goes the other way. This is just so important for us to stay in the fold, stay in the family of God, stay accountable, because if, if we're not, we open up the door for the enemy to come in and, and, and uh, you know, reap havoc in our lives and even steal, kill, and destroy. But thank you so much for your call. We're going to have a short prayer, and then we're going to try to get to Jermaine before the time is out. But we're going to have some prayer uh, for you and, uh, and and bring out Brother Gary to do that. But thank you for your encouraging word. Amen. Lord, we just lift up Sister Sophia. We pray for healing in her body, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would touch her as well, strengthen her and encourage her. And Lord God, we just... Thank you, Lord God, that she remains faithful to you, that she remains faithful to your word, and that we just pray that you would continue to encourage her, place her in a good, healthy church, Lord God, where she can have accountability, that she can be part of the family of God, part of the fold, Lord God, and, and under a, a good, watchful shepherd that would take care of her and uh, feed her and encourage her as well, Lord God. Continue to be with her, strengthen her, and encourage her. In Jesus' name we pray. Brother Gary and Sophia, so good to hear from you. We were, hadn't heard know. from you for a while, but it's glad, we're glad that you're okay, and we've been praying for you. So thank you for your call. God bless you. Thank you. God good bless night. you as well. Brother Gary, you want to try to get Jermaine in? Uh, get Jermaine back, Vince. Well, his question was, uh, let's see, Jermaine, how does Genesis 12 and 3 apply to the current situation in Israel? Right. Yes. Um, well, that's a good question because uh, when it says in, in, in Genesis 12 and 3, it talks about, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. Uh, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this was a um, promise to uh, Israel of the day, uh, and God did because today we're not under curses, uh, we're under consequences versus uh, curses. So, um, and it's very clear uh, from the word of God in the New Testament. So, uh, but God was specific regarding Israel and letting uh, the them know that anybody that would uh, curse you, uh, you know, uh, I would deal with them. 
And uh, those who bless you, I will bless uh, those who bless you, curse those who curse you. So God did execute that in that day. And but today, uh, how does this apply to today? Uh, well, uh, in the New Testament, we see that um, that we're all Israel because through uh, God said through Abraham's seed, all the nation of the earth will be blessed. Uh, so we're not just talking about natural Israel. The, we're into spiritual Israel because when you look at Hebrews chapter, uh, uh, I believe it's nine through eleven. Hebrews nine through eleven, and if somebody cared, no, I'm sorry, Romans. Uh, correct that Romans nine through eleven. We find that um, that God has grafted the uh, Gentiles in uh, to be the spiritual Israel today. So you, so you read uh, Genesis nine. Uh, I mean, actually Romans nine through eleven, and you'll find that you know we are grafted in to uh, God as His seed. And we're spiritual Israel, and we're all spiritual Israel today. Anybody that's not uh, believing in Jesus Christ is not part of spiritual Israel. And I don't care if they are a natural uh, Jews, you become uh, a believer in Jesus Christ, and then Paul identifies you as one grafted in and spiritual. And those who reject Jesus is, is grafted out. So... But God says today through Jesus Christ, and Jesus teaches that, you know, he'll make your enemies your footstool. So how this apply to us today, and he'll heap coals of fire upon the head, is talking about the judgment of God. It's not so much talking about kindness. So hopefully that adds some more meat to what Jermaine is saying. I can develop that more. But that's in, again, Romans 9 through 11. Do a study on that, and they'll tell you who the spiritual Jews are today. Well, all right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, who always does such a wonderful job of keeping us on the air, keeping the uh, equipment going, and we just thank him enough. We can't thank him enough, and we just uh, want to make sure he knows that we appreciate what he does. And we also want to thank you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, and encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program bless you. Um, please keep us in your prayers until next time. Remember, next week, we're going to bring you the best of Contending for the Faith special Halloween episode. We'll be back in the studio November 4th, and you'll be able to make comments and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.